bless. Thank you, Father Lord, for in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Hallelujah. Praise, Praise the Lord. Uh, as Brother Kenneth was, was announcing, it's uh, two weeks to Christmas. Am I correct? Uh, I hope people are keeping track. Uh, if you're not keeping track, I'm sure your children are keeping track. You know, uh, there's an expectation, isn't it? Uh, most of us are waiting for something for Christmas, isn't it? And uh, I can remember when we were kids, uh, from January, we'll be waiting for Christmas. Uh, from January, we're waiting for Christmas. You know, uh, new clothes, eating rice, stew, meats, everything you have not had within the year. Christmas was the time that you're waiting for all those things. And I think I enjoyed new clothes. Nowadays, if you still have kids in your home, uh, it will be gifts that you'll be waiting for, isn't it? Uh, some of them have already given their list for uh for christmas time and some of us are adults we're even waiting for year 2020 to finish isn't it we're tired of 2020 we want 2020 to finish to come and go you know and uh and uh, some people are also still waiting for jobs at this time so once i was uh, i knew i was going to give a message today i said god why do you want me to speak to your people about? And I think I started putting this message together, but I asked, Brother Kenneth was praying, God confirm the message that I'm going to deliver today. Uh, the message is titled, Season of Waiting. Season of Waiting. Praise the Lord. Season of Waiting. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And we'll find out something that is very very apt within the bible okay one thing that is important within the bible is waiting the bible is filled with examples of waiting praise the lord from the beginning of the bible to the end of the bible there's a lot of instruction about waiting even to our time right now on the earth there's a lot of issues about waiting praise the lord are we together and i'll give you a couple of examples Okay, and you'll be able to, I mean, you, it, it, to resonate with some of you about some of these things because as you have read the Bible, you are aware of these things. But I want to refresh in your memories about these things. Abraham waited for 25 years for a son. 25 years from the time God told him. Isaac waited for 20 years for Esau and Jacob. Praise the Lord. Are we together? Jacob waited for 14 years for Rachel with hard labor. Understand this. You know, there was, there was sentenced into prison and said with hard labor. Jacob had that hard labor before he could get Rachel. Joseph waited 13 years for his dreams to come to pass. The Israelites waited 400 years in bondage in Egypt. Moses waited 40 years in the desert to come back and before leading his people. Now, David himself, okay, depending on how you look at it, by the time David was anointed, he waited around 10 more years to get the throne. He was anointed, but he had to wait 10 more years to get that. Are we together? And then another seven and a half years to combine the whole kingdom under one. But God had already told him he was going to be king. Now, Job, we all know Job went through his suffering and he waited a long time for that. 
Daniel prayed. He waited for 21 days for his prayer to be answered. Mary waited for the birth of Jesus. Simeon in the temple waited for the coming of the Messiah. Jesus did not start his ministry. He waited three years before he started his ministry. Praise the Lord. So I'm just giving examples of where people waited in the Bible. But we'll take our text from Luke 1, 5 to 25 and 26 to 38. Now, it's going to be a long scripture passage. Okay? It's going to be a long scripture passage, but uh, um, I want us to... Uh, uh, I want us to go through it. Open your Bibles wherever they are. If you have a hard copy, open it. If you have an electronic copy, open it. Okay? And uh, I'll ask Brother Sam to read for us. Brother Sam, please read for us. Luke 1, 5 to 25 is a common story, and I want us to go through it, please. And 26 to 38. Brother Sam, are you with us? Praise the Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 1, verses 5 to 25. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. And they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as a priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel of the Lord said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb, and he will turn away, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. So it was as soon as the days of his service were completed that he departed to his own house. Now, after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself five months, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days 
he looked upon on me and say, take away my reproach among people. Verse uh, 26 and 38, uh, Brother Sam, please. 26 to 38 also. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting was this. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her, in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her, who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, thank you for that reading, Brother Sam. And sometimes it's very, very good for us to read our Bible the way we have read it today. Hallelujah. So before we go in, what is waiting? What is waiting? Okay. What can we say waiting is? Okay. Go ahead, Brother Rajesh. Next. Uh, to remain stationary in readiness or expectation. That is the, content, uh, the normal definition that you have. To remain in a place in readiness or expectation. There's a second meaning. Okay. To look forward expectantly. You're looking forward expectantly. Now, those are the day-to-day -day definitions of it. But we're going to look at it from a spiritual angle about waiting. Now, for me, there are three stages of waiting. I've put them into three stages of waiting. We have three stages of waiting. Okay. Now, the first stage, I call it the pre-waiting stage. Pre-waiting stage. Okay. The second stage I call is the waiting stage, actually. And the last stage, which you know, is the post-waiting stage. Okay? So let's remind and let's keep it into context, into these three brackets. And we'll look at it from the portion of scripture we read and to what happens in our lives. Praise the Lord. But let's keep it in this context. And whatever your situation finds, you can find where you are in these three stages. Whatever God says concerning you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's go to the pre-waiting stage. Okay? Praise the Lord. Now, most often, this is the beginning of your waiting stage. Now, most times, God will announce himself to you at this stage. Or he will give you a word. Now, sometimes you hear a lot of us speaking about God giving you a word in season. This is about it. This is what we're talking about. God will give you a word about the future, about what is going to happen concerning you. 
Sometimes he will announce himself to you. If you notice in what you read today, in verse 11 to 13, then the angel of the Lord, okay, appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense, okay? And he, gonna, and he go and says, and when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. God announced to Zachariah that his wife that was barren was going to bear a child. Okay? He already knew about it. So in your own situation, what has God said concerning you? What has God said concerning you in this season that we're in? We have ended from January almost to December. We had a pandemic. What has God said concerning you? If you go to 26 to 33 also, with Mary, okay, you will find that also the angel appeared to Mary and announced to Mary what was going to happen to Mary. Okay? So God told them ahead what was going to happen. Praise the Lord. And most of us that are children of God, God would have said something concerning our situation. Most times, maybe we're not listening, we have missed it out, or maybe we're not with God, in tune with God, but God will have said something. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So it's very, very important to go back to January and think of what God has said to you. We're going to enter another year, okay? And God will say something concerning your situation. But you have to look out for that announcement. Praise the Lord. The second point I'll say also is, at times, the timeline is not announced. Okay? The timeline is not announced. Zechariah was told his wife was going to have a baby. Starting when he did not know. Are we together? The angel did not come and say nine months. But we know that if anything has been stable over the course of time, is that it's nine months for a woman to put to bed. Praise the Lord. Give and take plus or minus, but about nine months to give. Even man's life has been shortened from uh, the, the 1,000 years to about 70 years. But that has not changed. But when was it going to happen? The car did not know the exact point of time. Because it's only God that knows the point of conception, isn't it? The same thing with Mary. Mary was going to have a child, but they did not know when the countdown will start. So at times, God will give you a word. God will tell you something, but he will not give you the timeline. Are we together? Praise the Lord. It depends on your dealing with God. He only knows the timeline involved, even if he tells you. Now, one of the things that I also find out is that when God speaks, we try to put in our own timeline. Okay? It's like you're having a child. I'll say my child, I'm going to give you this. Okay? But the child already has a timeline. You come back from work, daddy, where is this? Oh, daddy, where is this? Meanwhile, daddy has said, okay, I'm thinking end of month when I get paid, I'll buy this. But the child does not have that idea of the timeline. He just knows that at the end of today, <laughs> this is supposed to happen. Praise the Lord. And that's how God deals with us. His timeline is not our timeline. Even whatever he has given you, whatever he has told you, will depend on his timeline. Now, one of the things that we see also 
okay, is that at times God will reconfirm to you his plans through others. If you go to verse 36, when God was speaking to Mary, 36, okay, now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. Praise the Lord. At times, God will reconfirm what concerns you through others. It can be through your spouse. It can be through a word. It can be through a man of God. It can be through circumstances. I think Pastor Abraham spoke about that. Praise the Lord. Last, last Friday, if you're in church, you would have picked that through circumstances. God can reconfirm what concerns you through others. And he did this for Mary. Mary, you're going to have a child. You don't know a man, but you're going to have a child. And your cousin that was barren is already due with children, with a child to come. That gave Mary the confidence. Okay? That gave the Mary the confidence that this will come to pass. Now, it's not wrong for us while we're waiting to ask God for reconfirmation concerning our case. Isn't it? And God in his own infinite mercy will give you a reconfirmation. Praise the Lord. Are we, are we together in this? And I'll tell you, more often than not, when you are at your lowest, God will give you that word to keep you going. I gave example of a child coming every day. You tell him, okay, yes, I'm working on it. You have to give him a reconfirmation every day. Isn't it? I have a little one. Uh, his mom promised him something. And this is about over a month. And uh, every day coming back from work, he's always asking about it. Day in, day out. And we start reconfirming, okay, you're going to get it. And I was last week, he just looked at us like we were liars to him. You know? We're like, we're not, we're not serious. You know, we're just playing him. He got to that certain level. But we knew in our own hearts when we we're going to give it to him or how we we're going to give it to him. But yesterday, he got it. You know? But it was not in his own timeline. But every day, he wanted reconfirmation and we had to give him an explanation. God is gracious. God is gracious. He can give a reconfirmation if you want it. Praise the Lord. Now, that is the pre-waiting stage I'm talking about. But what is important in this pre-waiting stage is that you must know your God. A lot of this discussion is because the people that knew their God, they had a relationship with God. They could speak with God and God could answer them. If you're disconnected to God, you will not know anything about the pre-waiting stage. Are we together? It will just hit you without knowing anything about it. You know, God told Abraham, will I not tell Abraham what am I going to do? Will not God tell his servant what he's not going to do? You have to be connected to God. Praise the Lord. Are we together? Now, the next stage we're talking about is the waiting stage. <laughs> and, and that stage, I, I believe that that's the stage that the journey starts. 
You know, that's the stage that you start the actual journey. But one thing I will tell you about this stage. All right? Waiting is a preparation for greater things to come. So let's put that. I want you to highlight that. Waiting is a preparation of greater things to come. Mark that. Put it in the notes wherever you are. That is a fact. If you're in Christ, waiting is a preparation of greater things to come. Are we together in that? I'm part of the waiting stage. There are many reasons for the waiting stage. One of it is maybe God might try to sort something out with you. God might be trying to sort out something with you. I can remember several, several years back when I was in Nigeria, I was trying to go abroad. I wasn't ready mentally to go. And I waited for a long time before I left. I started the process three years. There was no reason why I didn't, I didn't go. But God wanted me to be in a spiritual place that I can go. There's so many temptations in the Western world. And God saw the future. I might lose this one if it's not ready. The second I drew closer to God, God said, now it's time for you to go. Are we together? So at times, God is preparing. He's waiting for you. You might think you are the one waiting, but God is waiting for you. Ask Jonah in the belly of the fish. Jonah was in the belly of the fish. Jonah gave a beautiful prayer. If you have time, go and read the prayer of Jonah in the belly of the fish. Jonah needed to have a change of heart before God got him to go to Nineveh. If Jonah had not changed, there's no way that fish would have coughed him up. Jonah stayed there for three days and three nights. If need be, Jonah could have stayed there for three months, days and nights. At times, God is waiting for you. In Isaiah 30, 18, it says, Therefore, the Lord will wait that he might be gracious to you. Are we together? He's waiting that he might be gracious to you. And therefore, he will be exalted, that he may have mercy on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait for him. He's waiting to be gracious to you. He's waiting for you. At times, we say we're waiting for God. But actually, sometimes God is waiting for us. If you cannot handle it, God will not go move forward with you. So he might be working with you. So in the waiting period, you might also start having a look at yourself introspectively. Where does God want me to be? Praise the Lord. So let's also look at it from that angle. Now, most times also, it might not be the case. At same time, also, God might be trying to sort out others that are within your orbit. <laughs> are we together in this? God might be trying to sort others that are within your orbit. Amos 3, 3, 3 says, Can two walk together unless they are agreed? <laughs> that tells me you have to be careful who you marry. If you marry one person, one person is ready, the other person is ready, God might not move. 
Are we together? If both of you are aligned, God can move you together. If there are issues in one that God needs to sort out, he needs to sort out that person until that person comes to the point that where both of you will progress, you'll progress. So young people out there, if you're going to get married, make sure you know who you're getting married to that you're aligned properly. Husbands and wives that are married, sometimes God has not moved forward because one person is in disagreement. Apart from marriage, even business, who are you doing business with? If you're a businessman, who are you doing business with? You have to be careful who you're going into business with. The person might have a baggage that will delay you. That's one of the principles is you're going to go to business, make sure you're going with a born-again believer that you have the same value system, that you believe in God together. Those are a couple of the points about waiting. But at the same time, what are the difficulties in waiting? Now we're going to get to practical points with difficulties waiting. Number one, the difficulties in waiting is people do not lack the understanding of the sovereignty of God. They're not confident that God controls everything. Not sure of the future. You know, sometimes my children come and the kind of expectation they have, the father can undo and undo. They're not bothered. All they know that this will be sorted out. They know that my dad is there, my mom is there. This can get done. I had a I had a learning learning point to my son. Uh, he was about to go back to school on on the, on on the um, on site, and a day before school, he just says, hey, "Daddy, my school shoes are too small." Uh, one of the things about COVID is that they are eating and they have grown very very tall. He just said, "My shoes are too small," and I'm starting school tomorrow. This was on a Saturday, and I looked at him. I said, "Okay, we have to go and buy new shoes," you know. So we picked up and went to the shop and. Uh, and uh, we bought shoes. I said, well, nothing expensive this time. At the rate you're going, I need something very, very cheap that you outgrow them. I can throw them away. I won't be disturbed. And we came out, and as I said, I looked at it in my mind, and as I said, all he needed to do was, my shoes are too small. The way he sorted out, he does not want to know. He just knows that the daddy is going to sort it out. So I got into the car, and I said, well, I said, have you thanked God for these shoes? I said, in some homes, they might not be able to get the shoe the next day. They might need to save money to the month end or save it for two months to get the shoe. And he was very, very thankful. But one of the things is he just looked up to me and just said, hey, this is going to be sorted out. Now, one of, that's one of the difficulties in waiting. We do not know that God is sovereign. Everything is with him. And I want us to know that. The sovereignty of God. That will be a different topic for a different day, but I, I just want to move forward. But that is something we should note. The second thing is unbelief. Zechariah in verse 18 of that, of that passage, he did not believe. If you go to verse 18, what did Zechariah say? And Zechariah said, 
how shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in age. Zechariah was a priest. He was working in the temple. He should know better. But unbelief. Unbelief. What has God's word God given you concerning your future? And you're just looking at what is possible. I'm in old age. My wife's in old age. I cannot give birth. God has said, I'm going to rise you. I'm going to take you there. But how can I do that when there's a pandemic? I've lost my job. Unbelief. That is what is a difficulty in our... Even after God has spoken, even though after the angel has, he has seen an angel and has spoken. Believe me, if I say angel now, whatever he tells me, I'll believe him. If he tells me I'm going to the President of the United States, I'll say, so be it. Thank you very much. I'm not a national of the country, but the angel has spoken. I'm going to take it. But unbelief. We should not have unbelief in our lives. Number three is that we also look at man is time bound. So let me put this in. Man is time bound. So we look at the frailty of that, our timeline. We look, we're 70, we're 80. Oh, I'm, that's the maximum age span of a man. I need to retire. I haven't put my home in order. My children are going to university. I haven't sorted them out. You're looking at your timeline. I need to save money for the next 30 years for this child to be able to go to school. Who told you that God cannot sort that out within one second? The money you want to save in 25 years, God can give it to you one day. The house that you're looking for 30 years to build, God can give you a house in one day. Are we together? But we are looking at that frailty. I call it frailty because it's limited. But God is not limited by time. God is not limited by 70 years. People have started their ministries at 30 and up to 60. People have started their ministry at even 60. Are we together? And they have made an impact. Jesus was 30, 33. But Moses was an older age. We have secular men of God that have started very late, but have made an impact. We have people that have started at a very young age also that have made an impact. So the frailty of our timeline. If I don't get this done, I'm finished now. If I don't become an MD now, I'm finished now. If I don't become a CEO by this time, I'm finished now. If I don't get married by this time, I'm finished. I've seen people marry at 40. Ladies marry at 40, 45. They have children. Bouncing baby boys or girls. Babies that are doing very well at the old age. Elizabeth is a case. Elizabeth in the Bible was a case. Hannah was a case. We're still having it up to today. Another thing also is the lack of presence of God. I mentioned it at the pre-waiting. God's presence is not with you. You're not fellowshipping with God. When you're not fellowshipping with God, waiting will be more difficult. Because all your assurances comes from God in heaven. So it's very important for us to be in close proximity with God. 
The last point, which I put here, difficulties waiting, I find that is useful exuberance and so-called independence. Okay? Use, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying anything against when I use useful exuberance. I just use our life system, we have an exuberance at a certain age. I think there was a message that uh, Brother Claudie sent it at uh, uh, to the men's group. He said, by the time you hit 60, everything just takes us a, 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 a seat back. I mean, you just become very, very relaxed. You don't have that much pressure. You don't have that much exuberance. Things that happen, things that you just overlook and go. And immediately, Pastor Leslie said, I concur. It's happening to me. You know, I said, okay, very soon to my hour, by God's grace, I'll get to that. Issue. I'll also concur also. And I'll get to that point. But what am I trying to say is, at a youthful age, you have that exuberance that you don't want to wait for anything. And you feel that you're independent. And this is, I'm talking to my men. Sometimes we have those so-called independence. And that independence gets in our way of waiting. I can do this. I can do this. Why do I need to wait on God? Why can't I, why do I even need to consult God? Let's get it on. So it's not only the youth, the men, the so-called independence, men. Praise the Lord. So what should I do while waiting? That's the next point. What should I do while waiting? Now, this is the remedy that I'm speaking about. This is the solutions of what we should do while waiting. We need to draw closer to God. In verse 25, you can see what happened in verse 25 of the passage we read. Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away from my reproach. She hid herself for five months. Elizabeth became pregnant. She hid herself. At that time, she was hiding herself. She was drawing to pray to God. She was fellowshipping with God. What are we waiting for? If we're waiting for anything. We need to fellowship. We need to draw closer to God. Psalm 27 verse 14 says, Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. We have to be in a close relationship with God. I was talking to one sister in the church yesterday and uh, she lost her job for a certain time. And one of her testimonies she was saying was that when she lost her job and the time of the lockdown was there, all she was doing was praying. Praying till three o'clock in the morning. Something she was never has never been able to do. I'm sure that was some of our testimonies during the lockdown. We drew closer to God. Because you cannot go out. It's either you're with God or you're with somebody, or with somebody else. I mean, TV or anything else. But a lot of times, we drew closer to God. Psalm 37, 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently on him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in this way. Because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. All this has been asked for us to wait on the Lord and draw closer to him. Waiting is a time for you to get to know your God. I've not known my family the way I've known them, like unlike the way I've known them during the lockdown. I know them, yes, 
they're my children, they're my wife. But this is the time that we have to spend weeks upon weeks inside the same house. Go to your homes, husband and wife. This is the best time you have known your husbands or your wives. You say you know them, but this is, I mean, close proximity. When we used to offload our children in schools, now they're at home with us. Then there put two aspects. You need to draw, you need to indulge in the word of God. What have God's promises said concerning your situation? That's the first thing we look at. What has God said concerning you? Have you explored the words? Thank God it was a year of the word. And the year of the word says whatever you find yourself, if God has asked you they are going to be king, have you gone to the Bible and go and find out references about being a king? If God has, has asked you you're going to get divine healing, have you gone to the Bible and claimed promises about divine healing? These are means indulging in the word of God. While waiting, you indulge. You draw closer to God, but you also indulge in the word. You study. Thank God, brother Sam read the passage, and I did it deliberately. Because I just didn't want to come and tell you the story. I wanted everybody to go and read it line by line. And that's why we, uh, brother Rajesh did not uh, show it. He didn't present it. I want everybody to read his Bible. Read it. Indulge. What has God said concerning this issue? What has God said concerning this, this issue in my life? And that's why I say God has gone ahead of us when he says it is the year of the word. It was an opportunity for us to indulge in the word. While waiting, number three, while waiting, you need to wait in humility. Wait quietly. Let's go and look at verse 20 in that scripture read. Behold, you will, not, you will be mute and not be able to speak until the day that these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in our time. Zacharias was made mute. Yes, go and wait quietly. <laughs> you didn't believe me? Go and wait quietly. God has a sense of humor. Okay, you didn't believe me? You remain quietly. So imagine Zacharias waiting quietly. Death, mute, but God has told him something. Oh, that waiting must have been very, 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 very difficult. Believe me, it must have been difficult. That's why the Bible says you have to wait quietly. God silence the carrier. Whatever God has said concerning you, you hold on to that promise. But what he says to wait quietly is not only to talk about, not about your mouth. Even within your spirit, within your heart, you need to be calm. You need to be at peace. That's what God is saying. You need to be at peace. Lamentations 5, 25 to 26 says, The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Wait quietly. I shouldn't wait for crying. 
oh, this has happened to me, oh, uh, this is what's going to happen to me, oh, I don't know what tomorrow will hold for me. No. God is asking you that I have to be calm. I have to be at peace. You know, that was, that's the meaning of being quietly. Like you have that trust, you have that confidence. You know that that sovereign God is going to make everything all right at the end. That's why it means to wait quietly. Psalm 46, 10. Be still, I know that I am God. I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. Be still. Be still. We quote it a lot of times, but we do not live it in our situations. God has spoken it. So I need to be in a humility. I should be, I should be humble and wait quietly on him. I, sometimes I've spoken to a lot of people. I had that experience when I was looking for a job in the UK. It took me three months to start that job. I had the offer letter. The job was kept for me for three months. But believe me, that was my one of my hardest lessons in waiting. Because God was trying to tell me to be still. But my mind was telling me not to be still. I was doing all sorts of things in between to try to get to the, out, the necessary outcome. But no! God was just saying, be still. Just rest in me. Just rest in me. I don't know who this word is to. You're jumping on up around, but God has to just be still. He has spoken concerning you, and it will come to pass. Number four, diligence. Keep doing what is right. Keep doing what is right. In verse eight of that picture, According to the customs, Zechariah did not have a child, but he was still going to the going to the temple, carrying out his activities. And the funny thing about Zechariah is, after he became deaf and dumb, he continued doing his work. Go to verse twenty-three of that scripture. Verse twenty-three, verse twenty-three says, "So it was as soon as the days of his service were completed that he departed his own house. When so-called calamity befell him." He did not run away from the temple of God. Are we together? He continued service until his time finished. He continued serving. Some people have an issue and then they fall to pieces. You have to be diligent in what you're doing. Is it your prayer altar? Is it your family commitments? Is it your work? Whatever it is. If you are even having a health challenge, whatever it is, continue doing what you're doing. If you're looking for a job, continue applying for the job. There's a time in my life I'll apply for jobs, almost over a thousand applications. I'll apply for technician, I'll apply for CEO, I'll apply for jobs anywhere. <laughs> there was no boundaries, but I kept on doing what I needed to do. If you're looking for a job there, you think the market is saying a different thing now. God has asked you, be diligent and continue doing your own bit. He has said it, but you should not go and just be lazy. Your business, it might be giving different indices, be diligent in it. You might see your returns dip, believe me, it will go up. You're in sales, you're not making a lot of uh, a lot of uh, margins now. Continue doing it. Even though I know there are some brothers that have testified of how 
they have gotten a boom in Corona period because of the nature of the businesses. And we thank God for their lives. I mean, come to the men's fellowship. I'm sure we will have more testimonies. Next week is a time testimony. You will hear more testimonies. But even if your margins are less, be diligent in those small margins. There's a turning around. Are we together? Second Peter 3.14 says, Therefore, beloved, look forward to these things. Be diligent to be found in him in peace, without spot or blemish. Whatever God has entrusted in your hand, be diligent in it. Second Peter 3.17-18 You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you fall from your own steadfastness, steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord, Savior, and Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now forevermore. These things you need to continue doing what you're doing. Sometimes the past, how the, the uh, local uh, lingua franca is you continue your hustling. Those are some of the modern terms. Say, continue hustling, going about doing what you're doing. Of course, with a defined direction. Praise the Lord. Number five, fellowship with the brethren. I can't overstress this important aspect. In verse 38, you saw what Mary did. The Mary said, Behold, the message of the Lord, let it be to me according, no, verse 39, sorry. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to the city of Judea and entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Mary ran to fellowship with her sister. She ran to fellowship with her sister. Whatever you're going through, don't lack, don't throw away the fellowship of the brethren. Whatever you're going through this season of waiting, you should be together with the church. You should be here online. You should be here for your care cell. You should be here for the prayer meeting. In verse 56, it says, And Mary remained with her for three months and returned to her house. I can imagine that wonderful three months of fellowship. You're pregnant. I'm with you. I'm rejoicing with you. I'm expecting my own answer. <laughs> you go to house fellowship. God has done it for Mr. A. Oh, I'm rejoicing with you. We're keeping fellowship. God will do it for me. That's what Mary did. Are we together here? Mary fellowship with the brethren. We should not lack. Sometimes things happen to us and the first thing we want to is we want to move away from the church. That's the wrong thing for you to do. If you're out there, you have reduced your commitment to your church because of your personal circumstances. I'm telling you now, God requires you to double your efforts within the church. Be of service to one another. Be of service to one another. If you see somebody else have another hard time, you help the other person out. That's what the fellowship of the brethren means. That's the only way we can wait. Are we okay? So fellowship of the brethren, let's not misplace that. That is where you find your soccer. That's where you find your answers. Number six, be expected. Verse 8, Mary said, Behold the main servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. From day one, Mary got that message. 
and she was expectant. <laughs> Let it be according to what you have said. She was expectant. God will give you a word and say, Lord, let it be according to what you have said. So that's what I'm trying to say. You have to be expectant. In a season like this, while you're waiting, you have to be ex expectant. I can remember Pastor Leslie gave a message about the Noah's Ark. They're waiting Noah's Ark for that pandemic, that lockdown. Now imagine during that flood time. I can imagine the expectation that they have to come out of that ark. They sent out the bird. The bird came back. They'll say, oh, what is going to happen? But they were expecting that they will, they will be on dry land. If they didn't expect to be on dry land, no one would not have sent the bird. The dove. He would not have sent it. But there was an expectation that the waters will recede and they will end up on dry land. So whatever you're waiting for, you have to be expected. Psalm 30, 50 says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. All of us go to sleep. And uh, we expect we're going to wake up in the morning. Isn't it? Automatically. You put your head to sleep and you expect by the time it wakes up, it's morning. That's the expectation. Now, that as simple as it is, that is the expectation that God wants us to have. In life, in whatever he has mentioned concerning you. While waiting is the expectation at the end. Is the expectation at the end. You cannot be waiting on God and have no end point. Mary knew that she was going to deliver. Elizabeth knew she was going to have a child. David knew. He was going to have a kingdom. Joseph knew that his brothers were going to bow down to him. Abraham knew he was going to have a son, but he wanted to take a shortcut. Are we together? Job had that confidence, that expectation that God will sort him out at the end. What is your own expectation? Concerning your child, if you have a child that is wayward, a child that is not following the lines, what is the expectation at the end? The expectation should be that God will sort this one out at the end. God will do this one also. Let's not look like Zachariah and say, I'm on the old age, my wife's at the old age. Is that God has given that word and that is what is going to happen at the end. God has reconfirmed it and that's what's going to happen at the end. So whatever has happened in this 2020, <laughs> be expectant in this season of waiting. Be expectant. I'm expected. I'm expected for my family. I'm expected for the members of the bread of life. I'm expected that we'll start seeing testimonies day in, day out. And I'm starting to see those testimonies coming forth. Even the birth of these children in the midst of a pandemic is a testimony. In our youth, it's a testimony. People are getting jobs back. It's a testimony. I'm expecting for everyone. And I believe that as the Lord lives, 
God will answer everyone. Now, I come to the last part, the post-waiting part. After the pre-waiting, waiting, what happens at the post-waiting? Number one, the result will always end in praise and rejoicing in the mighty name of Jesus. In verse 57 to 58, now Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered and she brought forth a son. And when her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had shown great mercy to her, they rejoiced with her. Believe me, the harder you wait and you have been waiting, it shall always end in praise and rejoicing. Take it, take it from me. It's not from me, but it's from God above that. It will end in praise and rejoicing. As God speaks, as God has made it to wait for what he has spoken of, it can only end in praise and rejoicing. We have started seeing it. Most of us have had testimonies in our life in the past. The situation that we're in now is no different. It will end in praise and rejoicing. It will end in praise and rejoicing. Elizabeth ended in praise and rejoicing. Mary ended in praise and rejoicing. So after waiting, it will end in praise and rejoicing. That's number one. And now, number two, to show that it's God, the answer will be too great to keep to yourself. <laughs> it shall be heard beyond in your imagination. 64, verse 64 to 66. I'll read that part. Immediately, this is a carrier now. Immediately, his mouth was open and his tongue loosened, and he spoke, praising God. Then fear came on all who dwelt around them, and all these things were discussed throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all those who heard them kept them in their heart, saying, What kind of child will this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. Huh. Common Zechariah Elizabeth, a priest, but it was heard throughout the whole of Judea. That shall be your testimony. If you have waited, the answer will be too great to keep to yourself. You'll be rejoicing every day. You're waiting in marriage. The day you get married, everybody will hear it. You're waiting for a child, and God blesses the child, everybody will hear it. You have lost a job, the new job, everybody will hear how it worked out. Everybody will hear because God was involved in it. When Job was replenished, they said all his friends and relatives came to feast with him. Isn't it? Psalm 23 says, okay, the Lord prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemy. Even the ones I have made, it's a duty to see a downfall they will hear of the good tidings concerning you in the mighty name of Jesus. That is what happens in post-waiting. Praise the Lord. We're together on this. Now, that is the expectation I want you to find out. Let's look at the end. These are the things that you're supposed to look at. These are the answers. These are the outcomes. The way God will take you there is left to him. But this is what I'm sure of. The ultimate weight is for us to be ready for the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the way to me and you 
are waiting on as Christians. Every other thing here is circular. It's within the remit of our lives. It's within the remit of the time that God has given us. But we should be ready for the coming of Christ. In James 5, 7 to 8. Therefore, be prescient, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. See the farmer waits for the precious fruits of the earth. Wait patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. The coming of the Lord is at hand. Now, that is a waiting for all of us. All of us that are born again believers. That's the ultimate wait. Waiting for the coming of our Lord, Savior Jesus Christ. The things that I mentioned, what we should do while waiting, is what everyone should do. It's not those having health challenges. It's not those having issues with jobs, marital issues, or issues with children. All of us are mandated to wait on the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this is a message to everybody. As a born-again believer, let's wait together for the coming of our Lord Savior Jesus Christ. In closing, okay, in conclusion, Habakkuk 2.3, and that was the word God gave me for this year. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end, it will speak. It will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Because it surely come. It will not tarry. In this season of Christmas, whatever we'll be waiting for, I join my faith with you and it will come to pass in the mighty name of Jesus. God bless you. Have a beautiful day. Over to you, Pastor.